Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The, the music, the upbeat. Let's go. It is Friday. It's a holiday weekend. It's a Friday. The vibes. What is up, everybody? Thursday. Welcome to Nuggets podcast. <laughs> Man, I guess you guys could probably tell this is going to go. Not a ton of enthusiasm in here for free agency. I man, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't know. You guys aren't excited. DeAndre Jordan, Davon Reed. We're going to break it all down, guys. There's this is going to be a lot. This is going to be a, there's a lot to get to today. This is going to be a show. It also might be one of those shows where there's breaking news as we do it, which is always fun. It's always fun with nuggets add. They have one more roster spot. Maybe they add another piece live on the air. Do you get our actual, you know, completely in the moment reactions to it, which could be really interesting. Um, so we'll get through all of that. First, we're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top rated sportsbook app. <laughs> Use promo code DNVR. Uh, your odds for the Nuggets winning the title went up. That's probably one good thing. Wow. Here is you probably could get Why? longer odds on the Nuggets Why? <laughs> to win the. T- I'm saying they're. Oh, oh, they went you, up. I see. They, yeah, yeah, they're longer odds now. You probably get a better, better payout if they are to do this somehow. Uh, I got the full squad with me over here. The man with the wind behind his hat in an undisclosed location. It's Harrison Wind. I've been watching DeAndre Jordan highlights for the last 20 minutes, guys. Highlights, <laughs> huh? Yeah. 2013 um, playoffs. Is that, is that what you're watching? What Dove year? deep into synergy. Uh, I was focusing on the Lob City era, actually. The Lob City. Yeah, he's gonna be. He's gonna be so so good alongside Blake Griffin. I got Brendan Vote with me. Hey fellas, I almost called out of this one. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. No, I'm here. I'm here through thick and thin, rain and shine. No, I'm. I started the day jacked up. The abs parade. Are you kidding me? Just what? What a vibe. what a day. What a day. I, what a vibe. And uh, and here here we are now. And we started with a championship parade. We really did. And it was like great weather. Everything was great. It was sunshines and rainbows. And then uh, joining us, a surprise appearance, Superstar Dev. Well, the funny thing is uh, someone said that this feels like a loser's uh, lounge, <laughs> which just blows. But also like uh, we lost <laughs> free agency. We <laughs> should call we should call it a loser's lounge. It is a loser's lounge. Um, yeah, if you're looking for DeAndre uh, Jordan highlights, literally that's all there is, is the Lob City time. Yeah, that that dunk over Brandon and I, I've watched about 25 times in the last uh, 20 minutes Are the, so. are the Nuggets positioning themselves for Chris Paul? <laughs> hey, maybe. I think Chris Paul hated – I think they hated each other by the end of it. Um, all right, to recap, free agency, we are actually only two hours into it, so it's not even like we've been into free agency for that long. Um, we're into it. The Nuggets have started off with a bang. 
They signed Nikola Jokic to us, the largest contract in NBA history. Our boy got yeah. Let's up. go. <laughs> I mean, honestly, this is not at all surprising news. It's nice that it's done. And it's also just, here's one thing I love about it. If you compare Nikola Jokic, or if you compare Jokic to every other superstar in the history of basketball, this is the least suspenseful max contract signing I've ever seen. Not only did Jokic just break the like tension like months ago when he just casually was like, I'm going to sign it as soon as they give it to me. But then he get, did it. To be honest, did he sign it? Does anybody well, really? You're, you're not actually allowed to sign until, what is it, July whatever? Because the, the, the moratorium. But I oh, feel like moratorium. Calvin Booth just probably sent Jokic a little text yeah. like a – Hey, you in for the Supermax? And he probably just liked it. He didn't yeah, even reply. Like just <laughs> probably liked it. Maybe he put a heart on it. Maybe he loved it. Maybe uh, he just liked it. But that was probably all they needed to confirm. You want to know what's funny? I actually, do you guys remember this? Is his rookie season or sophomore season, he created, or somebody in his orbit created Jokic emojis? And it was like $1.99. <laughs> I bought that thing. Of course I did. I so bought it. I. I still have it. I still have Jokic emojis. Every now and then I'll send one to somebody. Uh, so maybe that's what he sent. Yeah. I mean, look, it is funny that every even Giannis dropped a little. Maybe one day I'll play in L.A. with my brother. Like He dropped all of these, even those. Yoke, no tension, signs it immediately. Enormous contract. Just He's not even paying attention to the rest of free. He has no idea who's on the Nuggets roster or not. Um, I am Deb, before we get into all the negative, which will be the majority of the show, I think, or at least the concerning – we can at least kind of sit here and be like, how cool is it that this, our guy is locked up and that it was the simplest move anybody's ever made? I think it's incredible, like, just to look at, like, the history of, you know, Jokic. Everyone else has, like you alluded to already, has talked about playing elsewhere, um, you know, how important it would be to play in a specific city or a specific state or, you know, arena. He hasn't done any of those type of things. Like, Nuggets fans have known what it was going to be for so long he goes ahead of time and says I'm going to sign there I want to be here and that's why I'm not really saying that that much throughout his whole tenure um you know Nuggets fans are you know they're high and they want high expectations and sometimes they fell short but not at, a, at any point was it shaky for Jokic he just came in and he doesn't come with excuses or anything like that he just continues to get better so I think that it was just great um, for them to, to sign him and to just show him, like, you're the guy for us and we're excited that you're here. What do you, what do you think, Vote? Anything to add to this? I mean, like, let's just celebrate. Let's get this out of the way. Let's oh, ease our, well, ourselves into Jokic these cold pants. The thing about Jokic is you can't even use the expression, like, made in a lab because everything about him feels so organic. But he's handpicked by the basketball gods to represent, I think, this org. And I, I think – it is a glove on hand fit in a lot of ways. And let's be honest, it's not just that other superstars can and have pried their way out. They probably would. Like Denver is not a look, there's the Carmelo example. Denver's not a situation where, where big time mm. names are, are clamoring to come and stay. And with Jokic, it's not even a question. And it worth listen, free agency is complicated enough right now. To, trying to get those trades right are complicated enough right now. Can you imagine if there was even just an ounce of pressure about getting the Jokic thing right? And and so what a luxury that is for any organization. It's hard to. Yeah, no, it's 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 great. Um, it's it's a great day that he signed the Supermax, the richest contract in NBA history. 
actually, which is pretty wild that Nico Jokic is signed to that. Look, you would think that, you know, having the two-time MVP would get some free agents here to sign for the taxpayer MLE. I guess, you know, maybe that's not happening this season. But my whole mantra this summer has been the Nuggets can totally fuck up this offseason and still win a championship next year. And the reason because of that, <laughs> most first and foremost, is because of Nico Jokic and the talent on this team. And obviously he's at the center of it. I love that the Nuggets said bet. <laughs> like, let's, <laughs> oh, let's, you, you think that's true? Let's find out. So somebody in the comment made the call. I don't know where it was. Maybe Kale could scroll back. That the Nuggets signed the best center and the worst center in the NBA back to back. He said ten minutes. It was really like thirty seconds. Like these were these were in drafts. They really it could have been a thread. Shams and Woj could have had this just in a thread ready to go publish both at the same time. I got a call last night, late last night, that it was DeAndre Jordan. I put this in our group chat, and I was like, guys, I just heard something that i think might be accurate and it blows me away deandre jordan and i'm heard done deal that's what i heard done not that it's like they're considering him he's an option but that it was a done deal and so last, last night, night begins the process of like what and I'll i took honest, a shot of Bur- i took a shot of burnett's vodka the second you put that in the chat i thought that straight no chaser shot. i thought adam took shots and then sent that to him. <laughs> yeah. i was just Someone hammered really drunk. Drunk, and it was it was harrison <laughs> yeah, like Adam thought he was talking to a source. He called his cousin by accident. Or something like <laughs> no one responded back to it either. Like, I think Harrison was the only one that was just like, okay, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. So I I, I don't know what to say. I don't understand the De- – I, I don't think DeAndre Jordan's a good player. Like, I, I really don't. Um, you know, Matt Moore's putting out some numbers right now. My colleague over at Lockdown has put out some numbers right now about just how bad he has been on the court, at least how, how bad his teams have performed on the court. And of course there's context that's important there, but the numbers are like minus 600 over the last four years when he's on the court, which these are Faku numbers. These are really, really bad hey, numbers, come on, man. It's 20. We're almost, it's June 30th, 2022. They're DeAndre Jordan numbers. Well, yeah, I was going to say pretty soon. It's just going to be called DeAndre Jordan numbers. Um, I don't understand. I mean, look, does he, in theory, roll to the rim, rim protect. He's seven feet with a huge wingspan block shots. Like in theory, okay, he could be one of these guys. I don't understand. He's old. He hasn't really performed at this level for a long time. It didn't seem like he was one of those guys that you had to have ready to go as soon as the free agency dropped. It felt like he would be one of those guys that maybe tomorrow, if you didn't get your top one or two guys, you could go to him. Um, I don't see it. I really don't understand what it is from a flexibility standpoint. I don't under, I don't like the basketball fill, fit. I'm not a fan. I, I think it's a really bizarre move. And on top of that, it gets me thinking like he's probably the same. You're not going to sign another center. So that's a D center. And it just got me thinking like, are the Nuggets? I almost am, could see them arriving at a spot where they try no center. <laughs> like, I almost feel like this is a thing that you're oh. going to go to. And halfway through the season, you're going to be like, what if we just tried Zeke at center? Yeah, well, that's what happened about- to the Lakers last season. They started with DeAndre Jordan at center. He was so bad that they just sent him to the bench and didn't play a center and our with their second Philly. unit. Evolved. And then DeAndre Evolved. Jordan went to Philly. Oh, he was going to be their backup center to Joel Embiid. Well, he ended up getting kicked out of the rotation for your guy, Paul Reed, Adam. A second round, you know, second year player who's barely played in the playoffs. So it's not that DeAndre Jordan is bad. He's arguably the worst player in the NBA. Like he, he is that bad. Um, he's not athletic anymore. He, he, he like, he's got no burst. Yeah, he can dunk. He's tall. 
it's not like he can really, really do anything out there anymore. I am just so confused by this signing. And like you said, it was in the first minute of free agency. This seems like it was their guy. Like (laughs) this was the guy that they had circled. And yes, I mean, this means there's no DeMarcus cousins, obviously, but they just signed like arguably the worst center that's in a rotation in the NBA. And I don't get it. I don't. I don't, I don't get it either. And and Dev, to the point Wind was just making, I don't know about you, but the way I looked at this, man, it's it's the very first move. So if this is maybe the very last thing they do, like I understand the, the rose-colored glasses perspective is maybe, well, it's a backup center. He just needs to eat minutes. Well, first of all, he's failed to do that in his last few situations. Yeah, but also, man, like minutes. it's – it's it's not the move that came after and they got their wing and they found another guard. Uh, do you feel similarly? No, I, I really am just completely flabbergasted and confused just because um, when you talk about fits, you know, like at least with the other signings, you knew what they were going, what booth or, you know, whoever was going after it was going to be the defense is what they really wanted. Um, right. they wanted guys that fit the rotation and what the nuggets, you know, are while also making that transition to be a more defensive-minded team. With DeAndre Jordan, he's just so opposite of Jokic and also what Denver's offense looks like or runs through. It's not like they could run an offense through him and he could keep it ro- like going. He's not a great passer. He's not a guy that you could get the ball in his hands and he runs DHOs. Like, I actually never want to see anything like that. Right. And also, like, now guys are going to have to shift on how they're going to play alongside him. You put Bones with Jokic, and he's playing off the ball and trying to make things happen. Um, he can create. You put him with DeAndre Jordan, you can set up a, a screen and roll or a screen and, you know, dive to the basket, and that's pretty much it. But, like, how do you have that mesh? So I really don't understand that. At least with Cousins, it was kind of similar in the play styles and the playmaking. Now it's like, is there going to be a completely different offensive switch that they're going to go with now? Right. Yeah, I mean, to play – so I don't like the move. I honestly felt like they could have gotten any number of centers that would have been at least as good as DeAndre. Maybe he is known as this great locker room presence. I mean, we obviously know a lot of players back in the Lob City era really loved him. He was so beloved that he was literally fought over and held hostage in a building um, so that he would just sign with one team and not the other. So clearly he's he's a beloved figure, and he's a veteran. So, like – He's got those qualities. And if I'm playing devil's advocate again, again, I hate this move. I don't like it. I just, I, there's honestly any number of guys like Whiteside, I think I might have rather had over DeAndre Jordan, to be honest. Nobody. I, I would have rather had n- nobody. I would have rather had an open roster spot <laughs> over DeAndre well, Jordan. I'm not even kidding. I actually am with wind on that. I just, I just don't see it. I'm, I would he's rather terrible. have him than nobody, I guess. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like, what are we doing here? Well, he's out of um, the rotation by Christmas anyway, right? Maybe, maybe. I mean, here's what I'll say two things. One, we're talking about where he failed, Los Angeles. Okay, a lot of players fail like in that in that environment. It's a, it's such a unique environment. You go to Philly, not exactly the best environment either. Like he's been into Denver, will be an oasis in terms of look. He just get to play basketball, and you're on a more coherent situation. So again, I'm trying to put on the rose colored glasses for this for a second, just to kind of sure you sure. know basketball. I think it's important to be humble when we're analyzing as analysts for anything. Because no matter how high or how low you get on something, you have to be open to the fact that you could be wrong and that these people are putting you know work into this and maybe they have intel you don't or maybe, honestly, they just see the game better than you do. 
and I'm hoping that's the case here. Like, I'm really hoping that this is one of those totally. ones where they get to make fun of me and they're like, remember that day you guys beat us up for DeAndre Jordan? Well, look, he's a positive impact sure. player. Oh, man, I'd love so to take that out. So you could say that, okay, you're coming back to a normalish situation and maybe that you could recoup some value here. And then lastly, backup center is a pretty not important in terms of whether you are good or bad, unless you're DeMarcus Cousins, like a skill player. But for most guys, you're setting screens, you're rolling, and you're trying to block shots and clean up the glass. Like, it's not that complex of a role. So if you're going to make a swing and a big-time miss, I guess it's the easiest one to do. So I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. Maybe you could look at it that way and say, this isn't. we're going to make a bigger deal of this than it actually is going to be, okay. even like, if it is a bad move. Again, Pro like Props they, to you, yeah. Pro props they, to you for playing devil's advocate. Yeah, because, man. <laughs> I mean, look, if they come out and they grab – a, a actual small forward that we feel great about, or even just a two and a half. And then it's like, we tried to get some centers. We couldn't, this is what's left on the scrap heap. Like maybe then you, you try what you're doing a little harder. This was the, the first move. This was lined up. This was the only move. I mean, Dave on Reed, but that's, that was a foregone conclusion. So it's, I mean, there. listen, I love, we'll get to this. So I just quickly, but I love, I still, the, the starting lineup is awesome. There are players on the bench I like a lot. Like I, the Denver Nuggets to the point when started this show hilariously with can be just fine, but this signing is bad. Yeah. So, so Brian, real quick, someone says, I don't know how you could say that. Did you not like watch the Nuggets? You guys have to understand something. They had no center and they had a lineup that was really needed a center in large part because you have Faku as your point guard who couldn't finish. Like the nuggets also didn't have a center before they closed with Jermichael green and Paul Millsap. And it wasn't like it was last year. Like that was a disaster. So you pointing to last year and saying the only problem was they didn't have a center. No, they actually ended up getting a really good player into Marcus cousins and they got rid of a really bad point guard at a different position in Faku Campazzo. Like those two things ended uh, equaling out. So center is important. There's a reason you have a backup center. I'm just saying, if you look at the 10 roles, starters in each five spots, back bench in each uh, five spots, backup center is probably right there in the bottom two or three, least important. When this signing came across, I had to think like, okay, there's something we're missing. Like you were saying that maybe he's, is like, this great locker room guy that's going to lead to other free agents. I was thinking, wait, isn't DeAndre Jordan really good friends with Kevin Durant? <laughs> Maybe this is this is a so precursor to that. that. Uh, spoiler alert, it's not. Like, <laughs> I, I just was so flabbergasted, like Dev was, where I was thinking there's something that we're missing here because even eating in innings and eating minutes, like Vote said, he can't do that. He averaged. 13 minutes per game in Philly. He averaged 13 minutes a game for the Lakers before right. they dumped him last season. He can't even play 20 minutes. He also right. can't run or jump or shoot or really score or really do anything anymore or defend. And he hasn't uh, been. The biggest thing for me is he's not like a really high intensity player these days. Not that he ever really was, but he's not like a guy that's going to be diving on the floor for loose balls to inspire the team. Yeah, he will knock it on the floor once. That's been Not the biggest once. change or like the, the question going into it is when is the last time we've seen an engaged DeAndre Jordan? Like he just has mm -hmm. not really attempted or tried in a very long time. And I know that culture has a, a big part of that. Like he's been in some pretty um, discombobulated situations where, you, you know, you have to try to um, be a little bit different, but he's just, a, he's older. 
Um, and then also people are saying like it's it's DeAndre Jordan and he's only on a you know two million dollar contract or just so slow so low and he's not gonna come in and do too much. The Nuggets have been so bad with Jokic is off of the floor that you need somebody that can hold their own because he's gonna need time off. He's gonna need um, you know, to be on the bench at times. You need uh, the bench unit to look good and adding a player like DeAndre Jordan is not helping with those minutes. It actually makes it a little bit worse. Like, yes, the defense might be, you know, better with the other acquisitions that they've made and um, guys that are committed, but you need some type of minutes in the offense to keep going. And I just don't see that happening with uh, DeAndre Jordan. So while I do think that he's going to try a little bit harder and we're going to see him um, engage it again, it does still bring question marks to that second unit, which already had a big question mark. And I think when we talk about just straight, like if everything goes great, Yoke plays 70 games like he always does, knock on wood. Sure. Then like it probably matters even a little bit less. And again, there's reason to believe. I don't want to go full in and say it's guaranteed to be a failure. It's just like I I would bet on it to not work out. But um, the real scary thing is if you lose Yoke for a month, God forbid, and now you bump DeAndre Jordan up to the starting lineup, are you like – now you're starting to talk about you still have Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon. Like in theory, you have enough pieces now to carry a Jokic injury if you have what I would consider to be like an average backup start, you know, center. But if he has to actually play 15 games in a row as your starting center, like I actually would really worry about the Nuggets in that scenario. I, I think it would be a, a quite a disaster. So I don't love it. I don't love the signing. Um my biggest hope at this moment is it's not a big deal. And my second biggest hope is that if it is a big deal, I hope that I'm wrong and that they can call me in a couple months and say, I told you so have more faith. Like I told you so, but to me, this is one of those moves that I just, it didn't seem to make a ton of sense. Um, let's take a break. Cause we're already at our 20 minute mark. Let's take a break on the other side. I, we'll talk about Davon Reed, which again was, a, a that was the other signing from today. We'll talk about that, but I think what it really we'll talk about is the lack of other signings. We thought there would be maybe more signings, including the traded player exception. We'll talk about all of that on the other side. Uh, let's see here. I don't know if you want Friday me on the, show. The, the solo while I'm, my connection's going in and out, Kale. Um, <laughs> Evoca TV, if you guys aren't set up with Evoca TV, uh, make sure to check it out. They've got Nuggets games. They got Altitude. Uh, they've yeah. got Avs games. They got AT&T Sportsnet as well. You can watch Rockies games. Get set up with them this summer so you're ready to go in the fall. Go to evoca.tv slash DNVR. Evoca.tv slash DNVR. Use the promo code DNVR. You're going to get $10 off your first three months. That's only $15 a month for those first three months. Plus a receiver. No contracts. No hidden fees. Go to evoca.tv slash DNVR and use the promo code DNVR for $10 off your first three months. At DraftKings Sportsbook right now, uh, the calf slicer, the Peruvian necktie. There are tons of ways to come out on top in the octagon. And for UFC 276, there's one more with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet $5 on any fighter to win, get $100 in free bets, win or lose. Also check out DraftKings Same Game Parlays. You can turn another small bet into a big payday. Combine multiple bets like which fighter will win, number of knockouts, a lot of more options as well. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any UFC 276 fighter to win. Get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code DNVR this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. 
So Gary Harris, by the way, off the board during that first segment, he went back to Orlando, which is kind of surprising. Um, but <laughs> I was texting you guys earlier. I was like, man, at this point, if they got Gary Harris, I'd be pumped. It was not like that high on my board. Um, the only other move that really happened today was that they signed, re-signed Davon Reed um, to a veteran minimum deal, converted his contract. So now they got those guys. Um, we expected this to happen. It, it, now you look at Davon Reed and think, <laughs> is he the backup small forward full stop? Like, is he enter the season right there? I think that might be where he's at. We'll wait and see what the Nuggets do with that traded. Uh, I'm sorry, with that taxpayer mid-level exception. Um, what do you do? You have any thoughts on this, Dev? Davon Reed being with the Nuggets. Yeah, I mean, on the on the bright side that you'll look at it is um, the Nuggets continue to be the team where two way players are starting to be converted, and um, guys know that they're going to give them a chance and an opportunity over there. So I think that that's a positive thing um, for them moving forward. As far as him being a small forward option, I just each night I just don't know um, how he would be able to defend um, at that level. I think that that's um, where I think I've made the biggest change throughout the year. I, I believe that Davon Reed was a um, high IQ offensive player and a, um, a guy on the defensive end that could step out and have some big nights because he he defended LeBron James like as well as anyone in the league. But with more time, that's when you started to see those lapses. And things like that. So seeing him have more minutes, um, I'm excited to see, you know, how that looks. But I think that he's going to play a lot more shooting guard than he is um, small forward. But also with the the roster, how it is now, he's going to have to step forward to that that's small the, forward. That's step. the problem, yeah. So now he's going to have to get bigger. He's going to have to get stronger. He's going to have to play a lot more basketball. And that's that, I think that's where the, the questions come. But I do think that he can do it. It's just going to have to be uh, some some additions to his size um, on the defensive end. Gary Harris for two years, twenty six mil. So that was well that was out of range. Denver's price range. Yeah, well, about so double good Denver's price range. Good for Gary. Great for Gary. Great for By Gary. the way, this is why we, we talked about this before, though. Gary, when he left, was fine leaving, and we believe. Monte also fine with sort of leaving, like ready to for that. This is why Gary got to go get another big contract, basically from being promoted in the pecking order as a scorer, as an important piece. And I think Monte, the same thing, like goes to Washington. He goes from being potentially the sixth or seventh best player on the Nuggets to maybe the second, third or fourth most important player on the Wizards and will probably be paid handsomely before because of it. So just kind of wanted to throw that in there. It's how this thing, these yeah. things work. Yeah. With Davon Reed, I think – you can look at this as a organizational success for the, for the Nuggets. I, I mean, Davon Reed was a free agent. He was on the street. Nobody was going to pick him up. Nuggets signed him to a training camp deal. They liked him. He went to the G League. They called him up. They needed him. He was pretty good. He's proved last year that he's an NBA player. And they turned around and signed him to you know a, a regular standard contract this season. That's what uh, NBA teams, you know, want to do. Like they, they want to be able to develop their own talent. That's what they did with Davon Reed. It's the best Nugget signing of the day. I'll say that. It's the best signing they've made today. <laughs> Snark on I, uh, incredible. I agree with everything Dev said, which is one of the concerns as well. Like it looks like they're going to head into another year without a true small forward on the roster. Peyton Watson uh, but he's not in the in the picture, right? I don't expected to play. Yeah. So that's tough. 
and I don't know if that's putting Damon Reed in the best position to succeed. Now things will change in theory. I hope knock on wood, whatever with, with um, staggering, maybe as these guys get healthier, Jamal and Porter in particular. So maybe some of this stuff changes, but I would like to see Davon play two more than three. And as it looks right now, it looks like he's headed to be slotted to be the backup three again, right. like his defense a lot. I just don't know if he's physically well suited to, to stop some of those guys. Here's what I think is important. And we can kind of pull this up now. I, I, well, actually, before we pull up the, the, the board, you know, we'll see if the Nuggets use the taxpayer mid-level exception. There's players out there that I don't think have signed yet. Like the, uh, Bruce Brown, I don't think is out there. Gary Payton, I, we've all heard all along that he's probably going to get offers well above the taxpayer. Payer. Like the players that you could get now, Daniel House was a name that I thought, he ended up going for like $6 million a year. I think it was $12 million over two years to Philadelphia. And I remember looking at, I look at that deal and I go, it doesn't get me excited, but that's good value. Like Philly got good value. They got a serviceable player in Daniel House at a low price. Like if Denver would have yeah. got him for that price, would I have been excited? Not really, but it would have been better than this. Maybe oh, yeah. Denver brings back yeah. Austin Rivers. You know, like that's that's kind of what you're looking at now. So there is one piece that could change the equation, but I don't expect it to change the equation so much that we look wholly different at how this offseason was. So I feel like we can kind of now look at this offseason between the draft, between the trade that was made, and between what happened today and say we either have 100% of the picture or we have 98% of it, but we can – kind of assess it right now and say what it looks like i'll save mine for last let me go to win first when you know what how do you what do you make of these three moves now all in conjunction well i mean we're what three weeks out from a little over three weeks out from josh Kroenke declaring that this season is championship or bust and the nuggets moves have been to draft three rookies to sign deandre jordan and davon reed and to trade for KCP, which was a great move. I, I think the KCP trade was really good. These I still other think it was good too. I still moves. Think it was good. These other moves are not championship or bust moves. Mm. Uh, I just don't think they are. So they're they haven't really lived up to that declaration yet. It's incomplete still um, this off season, even though it might kind of be complete. I, I still think this roster and especially the bench is a work in progress. I'm not comfortable with the bench right now. I'm not confident in it. I, I feel the same way about the bench now that I did heading into last season where, you know, it, it just kind of feels incomplete. So there's still work to be done. I'll say. I mean, it was clear in the draft. He valued defense and he said as much going in and, and, and he stuck to that. I guess you could argue the hope with Jordan is, once was brim protection defense. I don't know. Um, I like the Brown pick a lot. I don't really like the use of assets to, to, to get Watson. Maybe that pick works out. I don't, you know, we don't know about the prospect, but that path to get to a guy who is like kind of the worst scoring first round pick in like uh, a really long time, maybe ever right? three points a game. So that doesn't look great. And then it's, it's again, it's not just DeAndre Jordan. It's DeAndre Jordan right out of the gate that just like that was the that was the move lined up ready to go this is what we know for sure we have and that's just unimpressive you know i i think calvin booth succeeded in getting his guy in kcp should get credit for that i think that starting lineup has a good chance to be the best starting lineup in the league 
I mean, this is yeah. hope is not lost because DeAndre Jordan is on. Right. I strong, strong agree about that part. It's really Reframing important critiquing what's going on right here, but the Nuggets were already set up to be great that I don't, they're not not great now. Right, precisely. Let's go back to how we were sort of talking as these moves came in one at a time. If they round this out, they get a good backup big, they find the right sort of wing or legitimate forward, we feel great about this. And the, the point is that that part hasn't happened. You know, I can still feel great about the starters and the team and Jokic and all of that, yep. but rounding out this offseason, it, it's not going great right now. Dev? Yeah, one of the things that uh, <clears throat> that I have to remember throughout this whole thing is, like, Calvin Booth, is, he's new to this. So it's not the fact that it was um, that it was bad, but it was just, like, we're in a sport that memory is pretty big, and also you didn't have to look back too far to know what it was. I think that if the conversation this entire time was on, um, we're going to run it back, we feel like this team is as strong as it was, and that was a lot of the communication going into it. I would have a completely different idea or um, outlook of how today went with them pretty much getting the core back with adding the defensive pieces. So if the conversation was, we're going to run it back with just a few more defensive pieces, or we're going to get bigger while running it back, I would be like, oh, Calvin Booth had a plan and that is exactly what he did. It was the conversations about um, championship or bust and also they're going to be aggressive. That thing, that's what threw me off completely and what makes me look at, you know, all of these moves in a different way because he, he was not aggressive. It was pretty much bringing the exact same team back with a few different pieces, um, a few different, like, defensive pieces. So if if everything was going uh, as well as possible and he said, hey, this is a team that I know can win a championship with this core, you look at the starting lineup, still, one, you know, one of the best in the entire league. Did they get better defensively this year? Yes. yes they did. Yeah. Like, completely yeah. did. Definitely. And also they brought back their core. So I would feel okay with that. So I think that's the thing that that I keep coming back to. Yeah. I, I still like the trade. I, I still think it was a good trade. Like Barton, you had to Absolutely. get rid of him. You just had to move on from him. Monte Morris is a good piece who I think was ready to go. And as much as he would have had a – he's better than Ish Smith. He would have been here. It was the price for Contavious Caldwell-Pope, full stop. That was the price. The Barton piece. So, like, if you told me, would you have rather traded just Monte for KCP straight up? I think most people would have said yes because it makes your team better in a more important spot. Like, Monte's good but they needed a defensive shooting guard and they got one. I think most people would have said yes. If you would have said, would you get rid of Will Barton you know, for, for nothing? Like, would you have just given away? People probably would have also said yes. They would have been like, yes, because they understood that it was a negative asset. You didn't have to attach a pick. You didn't have to do anything to this. I still like it because it made the Nuggets have what I consider to be the best, as you said, the best starting lineup of the Jokic era. I really believe that. By the way, I put that out on Twitter and I had a bunch of, like not a bunch, but I had a bunch of people that don't follow me say actually the Jeremy Grant lineup with Jokic is the best one. People don't realize that one had a plus 0.6 net rating. It was the, the one with Will Barton and Aaron Gordon, actually. But It actually was the one with Will Barton and Aaron Gordon that we barely got to saw that crushed everyone. But the Jeremy Grant, Jokic, Murray minutes were actually surprisingly bad during the regular season for whatever it's worth. Nonetheless, it doesn't matter. We're splitting hairs. This is the best one. KCP shoots the three. He's actually gotten better over the last few years as a three-point shooter, which I think is encouraging. The three-point shot... This is a bit of a rant, but the three-point shot has become such a big part of the game that even shooters like KCP have been working on it now for 10 years since entering the league that I truly believe they're better than they were even when they were known as shooters eight years ago. Like most, most guys that are 29 are better shooters than they were even at 23, 24. So that lineup to me is the best lineup that they've had, and that stays. 
You've got Bones Highland, who obviously I love off of the bench. Every other piece of that bench is just a, a giant question mark. Like I can look at it and say Zeke Naji. I love Zeke. I'm one of the biggest Zeke guys. But I is is he going? Am I certain that he's going to be a positive impact player next year? Absolutely not. Ish Smith don't love him, but as a backup point guard, is he serviceable? Yes, don't love it, but is he going to be an anchor? I don't think so. Maybe Davon Reed, Christian Brown, just such big question marks. I don't know. And then DeAndre Jordan's the only one I look at that I go, that's that's scary. So starting lineup I love, second unit I don't, and I love and it. I definitely think that when you look at all of the assets that Denver had available to them. Peyton Watson is intriguing, but unless if he breaks out and is great, okay, maybe this whole changes the conversation, but everything else I look at and I go, seems like there were a lot of assets and it did not turn into a full and complete roster the way you hoped. Yeah. We were talking after the draft and like my big thing was, look, I'm good with how they approach the draft. I like Christian Brown, Peyton Watson's intriguing, but they got to back this up with something bigger right later this summer the kcp trade that totally qualifies like that's a move they needed to make it was a good move today you know i felt like they needed to do something but they really haven't made it a sign that i feel like is gonna make a big impact next season so there's still a lot of time this offseason we'll see what they do there's still guys out there that are free agents um they they could still you know turn this around in some way like all is not lost they could still find a bench piece out there and we look back and say oh the, the draft was good they got you know a nice player who could give them something next season in Christian Brown they made the KCP trade blah 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 but it I, I was just expecting a little more with how the draft went that, that's all I'll say I yeah do you have something to add there Dev. I was gonna say, say that, uh, say that the Nuggets do bring back uh, Austin Rivers uh, per se, and they just go in with a um, conversation that it's gonna be Bones and Austin Rivers in that second unit as the primary ball handlers, and they just want to surround those guys with defense. Like maybe that's the idea going into it. Like, would you say that that's okay or um, different? Because if if that's the case, then it's just gonna be the small forward like whole. That's just staring at you. That's the only thing that they did not um, actually address in this entire thing because everything else points to Bones is going to have a bigger role. Maybe they see a little bit more in Brown, you know, off that second unit. Right. So that answers that. And then you surround those guys with defense and then you have primary ball handlers. So then the small forward will be the only option that they go with. And then it's Davon Reed because they're saying, hey, Michael Porter Jr. is further than, you know, what you guys know or what we think. And we're just okay with it. So, like, would that would that change it at all? Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's tough. Here's here's what I'll say. The the list now, because now you just turn your attention to okay, is there still hope? Gary Harris is off the board. Caleb Martin, Cody Martin. I, I just they're gonna look at the money that's been going around for lesser players. Um, they're restricted free agents. They're gonna they're gonna get paid or matched if you try to pay them. So I do, I think they're off the board effectively Gary Payton it sounds like we believe is off the board even though he hasn't been taken yet I feel like he's out of the price range the guys we're looking at DeLon Wright still available would like him I think it'd be good for Denver it would make me feel a lot better it gives Denver imperfect options at backup small forward but more options I still like it and DeLon Wright's a really good defensive player so he helps your defensive backcourt Bruce Brown like it a lot I it's, can't imagine him going for so cheap but you never know um I, I would like him to go You've got Dante DiVincenzo, 
kind of a black, like to me, that's kind of like a Austin Rivers esque move. Austin Rivers still there as well. And then you've got Derek Jones Jr., who I'm not a super huge fan of. And I think it would be a weird fit anyway if he were to come over to play backup small forward. He's got the length. He's got some like in theory defense, but I, he's not my guy. So those are the names that are on the board. Um, Otto Porter Jr., I think, uh, I mean, he would be a guy if he's available. Like he's a guy, but I don't think he's going to be available. I think he's another guy that's going to get priced out, especially when you see some of the prices that have gone for these long guys that can actually shoot and guard. So to me, I look at it and I think the names are DeLon Wright, Bruce Brown, Derek Jones Jr., Dante DiVincenzo. Did any of those guys save this for you, Harrison? Kyle Anderson to the Timberwolves. To the Timberwolves? Oh, man. Timmy C. <laughs> Tim Conley's having a hell of a summer. I don't know if it's good or bad. It's just a hell of a summer. Yeah, Dude, that's things a, are happening to him. For I, sure. I mean, well, you guys know I love me some slow-mo. What did he sign for? Uh, it's uh, it hasn't come out yet. It hasn't come out yet? Yeah, hasn't come out yet. <sighs> okay. <sighs> Um, here's the free agents I think would be really great on that MLE. Bruce Brown would be awesome. DeLon Wright would be great. Otto Porter Jr. I think is going to be out of the price range. Um, he would probably be my number one. I think Otto Porter, but I just he's I just mean, I so plug and play. And but he's there's like no chance. I would be so shocked if he was available for that price. Yeah, I would too. I would too. Look, like. It was interesting at draft night, Calvin Boots said, yes, we can definitely use the taxpayer MLE. We have full authority to use that and go into the tax, which I 100% believe and which like we know is a fact. We, we know they can do that. Um, but he also said we have a small group of guys that we're going to target. And he also said, quote, we're not going to force it. Right. So well, I don't know how how if that group has gotten smaller how small that small group is now if there's anybody that's still in that small group for them to target but they did have a a group of guys that they thought they could get for that or wanted for that i don't know who's still left out of that group though well what the hell is the point of not forcing it what does that even mean in this context there have to be helpful players out there like use the exception well, was, we we did a Twitter Spaces today, um, Harrison and I, and we actually had a friend of the show, Jake Coyne, Bronco Squatch on. One of the things he brought up that I hadn't really thought about was the value of just having contracts on the books that are tradable. And when you have, like, Denver has some big contracts, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 and above, and they've got some really tiny ones. It does help just to have six, seven, eight million dollar contracts on your books because it makes trading easier not even having a guy for that. And again, I think they'll use this taxpayer mid-level exception. I still think they will in some capacity. It might just, he even threw out the scenario where they give that to Austin Rivers on a two-year deal where it's like, wow, that's way too much for Austin Rivers. But the point is more that somebody will take that trade. It's a trade that you can include. And, you know, he's a useful player that almost any team could use. So maybe they end up doing that just to have the contract on the books, which is what I could see him doing. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, outside of that, it's just, I don't know. Should we get to, should we hit another break? I do have, there's one, there's one thing I want to say here for the third segment that you have to stay here for. I don't believe that this was a salary dump off season. I feel really strongly. In fact, I feel so strongly. I'm going to make some giant proclamations on the other side of this, just to, to, just to express how much I don't think that is the scenario, even though I understand why everyone will assume it. It looks like that from the outside. 
but we'll do that on the other side. The American Raptors, they play at Infinity Park. Their games are free. You heard that right, free. Head on over to AmericanRaptors.com to grab your free ticket for the upcoming season. If you can't make the game, AmericanRaptors.com will be streaming all of them from their website. Uh, if you don't know about American Raptors, they're Rugby Town USA's newest rugby team. They're a roster of athletes who have competed at the highest levels of tons of different sports, football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer. They've all come together on the American Raptors. They play at Infinity Park in Denver. Get your tickets at AmericanRaptors.com. Also, um, Athletic Greens. You know, this is a product that I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted more energy in my daily life. I hated taking pills and vitamins also. I just wanted a one-stop shop uh, for everything. That's what Athletic Greens is. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It works with every type of diet, keto, paleo, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free. No matter what diet you are on, Athletic Greens helps with that. So it's time to reclaim your health. Arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of Athletic Greens and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So go to athleticgreens.com slash nuggets, athleticgreens.com slash nuggets to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Real quick, I'm going to do a DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, firing up the app right now, right now in real time. You can go over to the KD Kyrie market of the DraftKings Sportsbook app. That's where I'm going to go. This seems like an absolute lock to me. I, I, I don't know how this isn't more in Kevin Durant's direction. More points per game in the 2022-2023 season, Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant's minus 135. I don't know how that's higher. That feels like free money. I'm going to toss a unit on that. DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, Kevin Durant minus 135 to score more points per game than Kyrie next season. All right, back here, final segment. So there is a chance now with where the Nuggets are. I still think they're going to use the taxpayer mid-level exception. I, I mean, if maybe they won't. I, they might end up using it on a player that's like not worthy of it, as I mentioned before. But they might not use it. If they don't use it and they get into the season and the season is not going well, even marginally not well, meaning like they don't look like a contender or, or what have you, I would not be surprised if the Nuggets did try to get below the tax. They are still a tax team. Let me rephrase that. I would be very surprised if the Nuggets got below the tax this season. I would be very surprised by that. But there is a scenario by which they could do it relatively painlessly. Like, I think it's getting rid of Jamichael Green and Ish Smith for nothing, which you could do. You know, those players are on low enough deals that you could do that. I don't see them doing that. So getting below the tax, first of all, seems extremely unlikely to me. Here's why I say I don't think that this is, and I feel very strongly enough to stake my reputation, that I don't think that this is a... The Cronkies came down to Calvin Booth and said, hey, don't spend any money. The reason I don't believe that is because every person in the front office has told me this, that they have the ability to spend money, that they've sold them, said like, hey, it's now we're fine with it. Like we want to go after things, be aggressive and don't worry about that. Like there's a number limit that we have on all of this, but it's well into the tax. It's not where they're at now, meaning it's well above. I don't think anybody in the front office would tell me that. 
Meaning like, and, and by the way, this even goes back into previous regimes with Tim Conley. I'm not always talking to Tim Conley too, off the record and things. He would say, look, we have deals that are out there. They never once over the last year or two have asked us and said, hey, no, because we're not going into the tax. That's not, that was not an onus. So why would they say that even off the record or, you know, like, hey, don't report this or whatever. Why would you say that when that gives you the out? If you say something like, hey, they gave us the onus not to spend money. My hands are tied. It's like, oh, cool. Like you are scot-free in my eyes. Like, hey, man, they're doing the best they can with their hands tied. Not the case. And if you look at the Rams, if you look at the abs, they've all spent money. So this idea that the, the Cronkies are unwilling to actually spend money to me is not the story. And it is not act. It's just it does not follow with what we see in precedent on their other teams. And it is not following precedent of what has been expressed to me by two different regimes. So people will ask, then why haven't you done it? The second part of it is you have the ability to spend money, but you have to pull it off. Some of the guys that that spent that signed contracts today signed them for slight discounts. Daniel House is one of these guys who's going back to Daryl Morey in Philadelphia. He was there in Houston. Clearly, there's a pre-existing relationship that he has and a trust that he has there and some kind of way that Daryl Morey was able to sweet talk him and say, hey, a little bit of a discount. Come here, though. It's going to be good for you or you're going to enjoy it or what have you. You pull off a move like that. To me, I think that's is more about what this is about is you targeted some guys, you were in a position going into this that you weren't able to get the guys that you wanted and there weren't enough guys that you wanted for you to reach and try to pay, just throw money around just to throw it. So th that goes to say that I don't think that this is an off season of just shedding salary. I really don't. Yeah. That doesn't make it any better. I'm just saying I don't think that is the onus. Yeah. To add to that, I'll say... Um... That's what I think Calvin Booth might have been talking about when he said, quote, we're not going to force it, where, you know, if we strike out on our targets, we're not just going to give money to a guy who we don't believe is going to be a good fit. And there's yeah. so oh, much. I, I, I love this point, too. By the way, they just signed a guy to the contract, the largest contract in league history. It's a low bar to clear to sign a two-time MVP to a large contract. That's a very low bar. But again, yeah, this this is not a cheap – like salary cap sheet that they have and they're they it, it would be cheaper in certain specific areas also this is going to sound like i'm defending the front office and the crockies but this is just how it kind of works in the nba there's so much under the table dealing where yeah we can talk about how the nuggets should have gone out and gotten daniel house well he's not going to pick up the phone for denver because he's going back to play for his old gm and daryl morgan in philadelphia and, and that's and what he decided way, two months ago. Still a reason to criticize the Nuggets organization. Like, because you want to be an organization where guys are picking up the phone, where guys are taking discounts and this or that. So this is by no means not a, a conversation. It's just not a critique of the money spending aspect of it in this specific instance. Sure. It's, or it's certainly yeah. a critique though, right? I mean, yeah, and the implication they, they struck out on their guys, which is, which this is, is my not thing. good. This is my thing is I want the critiques to be appropriate. Like I want them to be in the right area. For example, like here's the thing. The Nuggets lost Tim Conley. A lot of people said, hey, you're just defending Tim Conley. They actually took the Cronky side, right? Said, Adam, you're, you're too in love with Tim Conley. You don't understand that this is right. Now here I am on this side of it, and they're saying, no, you're not defending. Like, am I on both sides of this? I'm too critical of Josh in one way and not critical of him enough in this other way. Like, I'm yeah, just sharing sure. my perspective on where it is. Very critical of the television deal. A completely unacceptable. Very critical of the fact that they don't have a – Training facility, completely unacceptable. 
cheap in both areas. That is the Cronkies being cheap. But when you talk about salary cap, when you talk about this specific thing, I just don't think it is an accurate. I don't think it is accurate, even though it sure looks like it. Well, what if, about, if you want it to look that way, Jermichael Green trade was a dump, though. No, I mean, come on. Well, the, what was the use of Jermichael Green? The only better use of Jermichael Green was to get another player back of that same caliber. They wanted instead to get an asset, but I don't. Th- they got an asset. We all thought they were going to use it in a different way. They used it on Peyton Watson. They believe him to be a guy that was worthy of that trade, but like Jermichael Green wasn't going to play next year. Okay. Just just to finish my point real quick, there's so many things that are under the table and decided, you know, ahead of time, like Daniel House to Philly to play for Daryl Moore again. The Lakers getting Lonnie Walker and Troy Brown Jr. Guess who both those guys are rep by? Clutch. You know, th- there's like under the right. table shit right. going on everywhere. So a lot of it, and yes, I guess this could be a criticism is out of the Nuggets control, but it looks to me like just their target list, all those guys might have gotten crossed off. Right. The only thing I'll say is if I'm a fan, like we can say this till we're red in the face. I obviously know you guys. I believe you guys. I know you're talking to people. You're not making shit up. But if I'm a fan, I'm like, well, at a certain point, if it looks like a duck, it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck. Like, is it not a duck? I mean, I understand. Like, I understand. I think you're in for the point you're making is good. I'm just saying I'm sympathetic to fans right now who were told, no, 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 no. It's the time. And then we got the Jermichael Green trade, DeAndre Jordan sign. And so far, they haven't used that taxpayer. Now, I'm not saying they can't or won't. Go ahead. My question is, uh, so with that exact same, like, line of thinking, when they go and sign a DeAndre Jordan type of player, um, did you see what JaVale McGee just went for? Like, there's not those type of signings for the exact same type of thing. That's going into the luxury tax. So you can say, hey, they're not avoiding that. Um, and it's good they're going into it. But are they getting better as a team to go sign a JaVale McGee, JaVale McGee for that type of money? JaVale when McGee you- got the taxpayer mid-level exception. Like, that's the contract Denver had at its disposal. And Which, to be I mean, honest, if they don't use the taxpayer mid-level, they might have well have used it on JaVale. <laughs> like, like yeah. they, might as well, they might as well do that. But then you go into the, the the tax like a little bit higher, right? Yeah, right, yeah. right. You would, yeah, you would definitely every dollar you spend above the tax line, of course, counts as an extra dollar there. So yeah, they're 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 into the luxury tax now. Um, like I like I said, I if they if this is it for the team, like and they don't use the tax pyramid level exception, no matter how they arrived here, whether it was ordained from the Cronkies or whether it was right. just because the front office right. got here, it doesn't matter. It is the critique. I am just telling you, I don't think it's coming from a cron. I don't think the Cronkies are the ones saying don't spend, shed the money here, shed the money here. And again, it's not because I don't want to criticize the Cronkies. I think the television thing is absolutely ridiculous. It's three years on. It's a horrible thing that is that is about money and is about like, in my opinion, incompetence, not spending on the margins over the years where they where I think it was really useful, like a training facility. To me, that's unacceptable. It's cheap. So I'm not above calling the Cronkies cheap. I'm not above calling them like bad in certain areas. I just think in this specific one, you're it's missing the point. But you know, that being said, at the end of the day, they had an opportunity to have a significantly more right. expensive roster and they didn't. And I think they could have had a, a better roster at the end of this moment, meaning the draft, the trades and free agency, they could have had a better roster than what they had. I certainly envisioned a better one, but they didn't. The last thing I want to do though, before we get out, because I don't want to just hear no, I actually just want to say the only thing I ever do is come up here and tell you what I think. And you can disagree with it, and that's yeah. fine. I could not yeah. have less of a effing relationship with Josh Conkey. 
Right. <laughs> um, so For- here, he, so here's the last, the last thing I want to do. Let's look at the depth chart here. Uh, you can go ahead and pull it up here. We just talked about the starting lineup. I think it's a great one. The, the starting lineup is, is um, best in the league. Maybe that uh, top, certainly one of the championship top winning the starting lineup championship. And when you get to a playoffs, you're probably going to be down to eight guys. So like you're already like mostly there. Bones Highland to me is the next guy that is the most penciled in. Now here's, what's interesting. I think you start the season, you can go ahead and pencil him into the second unit there. Kale shooting guard. Um, I think bones is <laughs> man. Look at all these question marks. <laughs> I think Bones is um, probably starts the season as a two, and I think Ish Smith starts the season as a one. We'll see if the Nuggets end up signing somebody else around here. I think Davon starts the season as a three. Um, I think Zeke Naji is your four. I mean, he's penciled in right there, DeAndre center. And then your third string is basically Jeff Green, Christian Brown, Vladko Chanchar, probably third string center. I guess you could just put him. I mean, he's somewhere back there. Um, and then you can put Peyton Watson as your third string small forward at the moment. Although I think calling him a third stringer, you know, Brown is more likely to play small forward next season, I think, than Watson is. So that that's kind of your roster. We talked about Denver keeping an open roster spot. I, I thought that was the plan at this juncture. I almost hope they sign someone else just because I feel like you need another player on the roster. Um, so I, I hope that they add somebody else. Do you, is anybody disagree that this is the opening night sort of like depth chart, at least going into camp? Well, Jeff Green, Jeff Green's going to be playing if he's on the roster. Yep. Same here. Um, I think Jeff Green is going to be the one that they slot maybe even in front of Davon to start out. Man, he is. I hate, I hate that. You're right. Actually looking at this, I think you guys are right, but I hate this. Jeff Green is not a small forward. Well, this is why they needed to sign a small forward today. Yeah. <laughs> this is such, like, I really hate. I can't believe we're doing this again. <laughs> it's, also- it's a new regime. We're doing this again. Where's <laughs> PJ Dozier? <laughs> Someone get PJ on the phone. Davon also isn't a small forward. So that's like the whole thing of today. There's still no small forward. Man, I don't and also, like Jeff ball. Green, we just seen him play a bunch of minutes. He started a bunch of games. Davon Reed, you know. He wasn't able to play in the playoffs, but he also started to not get the same type of minutes going into the playoffs. Jeff Green's going to be the one that steps in front of that, um, I believe. I also think that Christian Brown's by the end of the year is going to probably also be over Davon Reed. I any chance Austin Rivers comes back at this last spot and he plays at the two and it's Bones at the one. Sure. Any chance that DeAndre yes. Jordan yes, so- was just a signing for vibes and Zeke Naji is actually the backup center. What about also, that? Also, yes, by the way, well, don't put rivers in there just yet, because I do think that the brightest timeline, if we're going to play this game, the brightest timeline, I think that the brightest timeline involves bones being the backup point guard. I think it in- involves Christian Brown being the backup shooting guard by the end of the year. I mean, maybe sooner, like you hope that Christian Brown can have a bones like year and he's a defensive player. The thing about bones is bones is an offensive player. Brown is a defensive player. And when you get into a playoffs, you need the defensive part of that equation more than the offense. I mean, you need both. But there is a hope that if Brown is the defensive version of Bones, does that mean he is a playoff caliber player next year? Again, I'm not betting on this, but this is we're trying to play brightest timeline here. Bones, Brown, okay. You get to Davon. Does he have a good enough season that he's like a comfortable third guy here? Again, we're starting to put on a lot of things that I think Davon can have a good year and be a backup small forward caliber player, 
but it's not 100%. And we're already factoring in a bunch of other sub 100% things. So we're getting close. Zeke Naji, and then I just can't talk myself into DeAndre. I don't, he's going to be there, but that'll probably be the guy, but I don't love it. So that's your 10, to me, that might be your 10 man rotation is those 10 guys right there um, by the end of the season, which does that win a championship? I don't think it does. I don't think it does, but it's a good team. It's way better than last year. It is probably the best Nuggets team of the Jokic era. It's a really good team, but I don't have confidence that that team is going to stop, shut down Golden State Warriors, Los Angeles Clippers, all the top teams in the West. Can we just pencil Vlack go into that backup center spot instead of DeAndre? Can we just do that for the sake of my sanity? <laughs> you don't it's have not to. Like, what's funny? I about just that can't. Is- I just can't look at the name DeAndre anymore. I just can't do it. Does it? I mean, is that a champion to you guys? The starting lineup is a championship group. So, and Bones is a player who could be in year two, a very, very good player. I think Davon is a sixteen-win type of guy. Um, maybe not, maybe, but I think he's, you know, him being somewhere in your ten-man rotation, I think is is good. I, but I, you got major concerns about minutes and health out the gate at one and four in the starting yeah. lineup. You don't have yeah. any backup three, yeah. and the backup five right now is is pretty bad. You have the best yeah, starting people, five of the Jokic era, and easily maybe the I best, think. maybe the worst bench of the Jokic era. Oh, it can't be the worst bench because last year's was so bad, but it might be tied or slightly. With, with this bench, we're going to be sitting there in December and being like, man, you know who would really tie this bench together? DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> it's kind of true. Like there's some truth. Am I wrong? DeMar- De- hey, uh-huh. DeMarcus, Cousins better- DeMarcus Cousins better sign a JaVale McGee caliber deal because if he signs one of these veteran minimum deals for like the Mavs or something, it's going to be like, whoa, what the hell? What the hell happened? Yeah, um, back to your question of if that's a championship team, I just look back at seeing the depth chart with it in front of you. There's so many question marks, and you also cannot afford for one guy to go down for even a little bit of time. Um, you don't know how much they're going to play Michael Porter Jr. and also Jamal Murray because, like, those, you know, second nights of back-to-back or just not trying to rush them in. And I know that's supposed to be the end product of the championship team, but – there's just going to be so many things that happen throughout the year that if one guy goes down, it's going to just change that whole depth chart. Now you're trying to even fill in holes in a very bad second unit. Like it's it's tough. We have a signing. Delon right to the Wizards, two years, sixteen oh. million, out of Denver's price range as well. So there you go, another guy that's out. I mean, one of the things you have to think about, and and this is again whether you agree or disagree with the Peyton Watson thing, and I said this on the spaces earlier when you looked at all of the guys that went for wing money daniel house is the only one that denver could have signed every other guy i think i unless i'm wrong every other guy was well not just out of the range but like well out of the range so well then eventually someone's gonna fall into range right i don't think maybe maybe i don't don't know know how much cap spaces are around this year but yeah. No, because everybody we needs wings. Like that's the thing is everybody right. needs wings. So when Denver takes a flyer on Peyton Watson, I mean the flyer is we need the, they they're going to take a flyer I think every year on a Peyton Watson. Like they're just going to keep doing it until they find one because that's how valuable that commodity is. You can say that they should have spent it different. Maybe they should have bought a second rounder and bought one there or something. But you know they used the thirtieth pick for one. And if he's Herb Jones, yeah. then we're all going to be like perfect. The Denver's roster is complete. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was out of Denver's range, people are asking in the comments, because the Nuggets had $6.3 million per year to spend. 
I, I, I just millions wanna, more than that. I want to go back and say it more definitively. I think it's a championship roster. And I think that has really? far more okay. far more to do with top end talent than some of the champions you've looked at and gone, man, they nailed every roster spot. I don't think that's what we're looking at. But I are think I think we're looking at at the very, 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 very least in the top argument for best player in the world. I think he's the best, but it's like him and Giannis. You have a shot. Like Jamal's coming back, Porter's coming back. Things feel very far from where they were. The margin moves feel as under a magnifying glass as ever. And it will feel a little better when we see the good players play basketball. But I do, I do want to um I'm not capping. I think the starting lineup is a championship group. But I do think there's a version of this offseason where we walk away and we go, oh, they nailed it. And I feel great about yeah. things. And that's not what I'm saying. I don't right. I don't feel great. I don't think they know. We all spoke about this on the spaces today, Adam, but the traded player exception that they have, that's something they could use at the deadline. Like at that point, you know what Jamal Murray has, you know what Michael Porter Jr. has. Maybe Zeke Naji has built up his trade value by then. Maybe Christian Brown's giving you something by then, and you have a good idea of what exactly you need. Maybe it's exactly what they think they need that we think that they need now. Maybe it's different. I don't know. But at the deadline is another chance for them to remake this team. And that's going to sound like an excuse. And I know that's not what anybody wants to hear, but I guarantee you that's how some people with the nuggets are, are thinking right now. You know, we have right now as a chance to add to our team and we have during the season as well. It just is what it is. I I will say, though, that I feel less confident about them doing that now than I did maybe three weeks ago. Like, you know, just part of this is like you got to you kind of got to do some of these things first. And then I'm like, hey, man, they pull these off. Like right now, if they have a good trade deadline to the order that you're talking about where it completes the roster, it'll be the best move of the three moves they made draft trades free agency. So they would basically have to outperform the bar that they have set so far. And I just, it's, it's hard to, to kind of count on that. I, I don't think the sky's falling. I'm with you on this. The sky's not falling. That starting lineup whips ass. Like there's the yeah. big important pieces are Jamal Murray, Michael Porter jr. You know, we got to see bones Highland, the some of the growth there. It's just not what we expected. And I don't think like I would give this off season a pretty low grade. If it were to end right now, I would, I, it would, it would probably be like a C minus or D yeah. C minus if I were given it a grade just on my own gut. And I hope I'm wrong about that later on down the line. Um, let's get to some of these uh, super chats. Eternally grateful for our Lord and Savior, Jokic. So true. We are, we are very... Say, say it with me. The Nuggets can fuck up the offseason and still win the championship. They can. <laughs> I wish they would have nailed the the, the offseason and won a championship, but you're, you're, not, you're not wrong, Win. You're not wrong. Um, what else we got? Please attempt to explain all day this day in NBA history. Um, I, I will say there's probably there's a lot of teams that don't feel good about their day-to-day. Kevin Durant still on the nets, I think, right? How many players on the Nugs? This is coming from Corey. How many players on the Nugs have proven they could play on a contender? Five? Even Bones was bad in four of the five I'm showing playoff games last year. Zeke and Reed unproven. This is the reason that second unit, like, here's the thing. We could be wrong on this second unit. Bones, second year, makes an enormous leap. Christian Brown, better than we think. And Zeke Naji, disguised by injuries, is actually a better player. Like, that second unit could be good. I don't think it's logical to expect it. It's what do you fine need in the playoffs? What do you need? You need seven guys, eight guys? I think you need nine in games one and two and eight 
seven or eight in the rest when, of the series. When you get to the finals, you need like six. Well, I'm just saying, like in games one and two, yeah. you kind of play a bunch of guys no, and then you figure I, out what you, you got, yeah. and then it's whittled down to like seven or eight. But I'm with you. So they I need bones like, and and a couple more guys to to show themselves. This, by the um, way, came in during when we were doing the depth chart. This is a visual representation of absolute failure. That that, that was meant. The visual representation was the Nuggets depth chart. Look, man, I, the Homer glasses thing bothers me. Like people do not remember what it was like to watch this team healthy. Like it's that's clear as day to me. That is clear as day to me. These signings matter, and they could not win any given series because they don't get these moves right. But there are how many teams in the league have a better top six than Denver right now? Definitively, two, one, no. zero. I mean, that's it's like, not a long list. Someone in the chat wrote the Wizards are deeper than the Nuggets. I agree. The Wizards <laughs> have zero effing chance of winning a title. Like yeah. it's you'd rather have the Jokic unbalanced roster problem for sure. You know who was bold this offseason? The Wizards were pretty bold. They, sure. they made some bold moves, man. But I still think you can reframe like this isn't the season's effed, but the offseason didn't go well. We want to see them use that taxpayer memo. We wanted to see a better backup five come in. We wanted to see those assets used not to get Peyton Watson. So be, be like being honest about these things at the same time is possible. Uh, and we should do it. Um, um what has what else do we end up? What happens to Cousins? What happened to Cousins? I don't know. I mean, I we got the sense all offseason that he wasn't coming back. Uh, we assumed that it was going to be because of price, but maybe there was other reasons for it. He was a really good player for the Nuggets. He's certainly better than DeAndre Jordan. So, I mean, I was thinking if if Cousins wanted to come back on a minimum, how could you not want him back at that price? But maybe he's trying to get a more, more lucrative deal. Is the only thing I could think of. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Cousins would have come back. DeAndre was a terrible move. Not paying execs is a reason why we aren't able to bring in guys who have relationships. It could, I mean, look, could be. I know. Yeah, could be. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I've already spoken my piece about that. I don't want to keep going back. Like, like I said, I'm pulling a Josh Kroenke here. I got crushed on the front end for being too hard on Josh Kroenke. I'm crushed on the back end for being too easy on him. I don't. Get I, I will say the closest I've ever seen to an online consensus from an entire community. DeAndre Jordan signing everyone, virtually everyone's on the same yeah. page about that one. I actually can, if there's somebody that's in support of it, just come on the show right now. I need to talk to you. I, I need yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, have faith. Otherwise why watch? I mean, it's so true. Like <laughs> I was having a, my buddy, Chad Andrews, I was having a, like texting back and forth with him today. Um, Cause we kind of like have similar takes on the team in terms of what we think the weaknesses are, this or that. And, and I, I just told him, I said, I think we approach this differently, man. We think we see the odds the exact same. I just, I'm here to enjoy myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like to get excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm just here trying to enjoy, enjoy myself too. Like, yeah. I'm not going to enjoy basketball watching DeAndre Jordan. I'm just not. So <laughs> I just want to enjoy myself also. So that's where it goes. Sign superstar dev to a max contract. Always unexpected, but smart takes. I love. Would this. you take the taxpayer MLE dev? Dev, do you consider, consider that, that a compliment? Do you consider is that, that a compliment? It's you have good takes. Surprisingly, think, no, no, no. I think he's saying that whenever I'm on, it's unexpected. But when I do come, it's sure. Uh, takes. That's what he's oh, saying. Oh, I see. Yeah, we never know if you're going to show up. Is basically there it goes, right yeah. there. That's what he's saying. I and think this is going to be my uh, this can be my approach on DeAndre Jordan until just opening night. I'm just only going to watch him from 2013, and then I'm just going to let opening night happen. 
It's a really rough signing. It's a really, it's a really rough signing. I'm not excited about. Uh, any final thoughts, fellas, before we get out of here? Oh, we got another one. Last second coming in here. KW says, ultimately, Nuggets have a top-heavy roster. I think they secured their blanket options for now and are waiting for the market to settle down. Trade deadline is still there. The pieces are here to win. I, I first of all, I agree with this take. Like, I, I do think this is what's happening. Um, you would hope there's one more guy that they kind of had on the roster to cut it to allow this to happen. I let me say this. Let me say this. The the Cronkies, we they have 14 spots open, and one of them was for the flexibility of should you end up needing to make one of these trades, you have a spot open. So if you make a two for one trade, you you can make that without having to buy someone out. Maybe you get to a point here, things unfolded the way that they did, and you say, Hey we need to sign an Austin rivers for this mid-level, like over above the asking price. And at the deadline, we might have to buy out black coach and you might have to eat $2 million just so we have a roster spot. Like that's an example of the Cronkies being willing to spend money, wasted money, but that would help the team. So maybe this is now a scenario for them to actually spend on a 15th roster spot just to be in position to, to dump one of those contracts later on for that flexibility. So We'll see. Um, like I said, we'll have to wait and see it play out. It's not my favorite offseason to date, for sure. Um, but we've, we felt really bad about a lot of things that have broke well. We felt really good about things that broke wrong, and that's kind of the joy of sports is none of us see this. Every There's professionals in all 30 markets, and they all disagree about the way they're supposed to go about doing it. So we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. We appreciate you guys wait, uh, hanging out with us here on this Thursday late into the night following what was not the most fun trade deadline to follow. We appreciate all of you. Hit that like button on the way out. We are off for four days. We might hop into spaces or something. If there's a big move, we might hop online on Twitter and talk about it. But uh, outside of that, we're going to be back on Tuesday as we prepare for one of my favorite weeks of the year, Summer League. We'll see you guys then. Woo! John Jordan.